Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. Check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code UNDERMINE for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code UNDERMINE for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. And here we are, friends. We've reached the end, possibly the actual end of season four of Undermine. You talk about dragging out a season, but at least we haven't jumped the shark, have we? Well, I think you just did, or at least you jumped something. Uh, let, let's back up. Isn't there something, Tom, that you want to tell everyone? Uh, left lane is for passing. All right. Way to stick the ending or, or, or the ending's opening. Hey, listen, everyone, you're listening to Undermine on the uh, Network, the podcast where we analyze or perhaps apotheolize fish. He's your host, Tom Marshall. <laughs> and today I'll be joined by my co-hosts, RJB and Benji Eisen, as we close out our fourth season with the fourth night of Fish's canonized island tour. I'm going to ask RJ if I got that right. Um, One fourth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Benji, what do we, where, where do we go from here? Well, I don't, I don't know, but I'm inside the building right now. Uh, and by that, I think I mean I'm inside the Providence Civic Center. It's April 5th, 1998. I'm down front riding the rail. And in fact, maybe to coincide with this episode when it goes live, I'll post the picture that the photographer Mike Mack took from behind the stage where you can see me raging with some fellow rec music fishers. Um, 
Tom, I think at this moment, you know, I'm down on the on the rail waiting anxiously for the show to begin. You're shaking it with sugary bad stage. RJ, <laughs> where where are you? Well, as a as a freshman in college, I made the the right decision, which is that after the night before, after <laughs> after four four, because don't I say think, don't say you weren't at this show. <clears throat> I, I won't. Don't worry. Um, we <laughs> I was not at the show because we <laughs> we, we left at like midnight and drove all the way back to Ohio. And I think it's because we didn't want to miss class or someone had an exam or something else that at this point, 25 years later, it's like, but so wasn't stupid. it important for a podcast 25 years later? Yeah, well, you said that you were doing research. I mean, at this point I was only, I was just starting audiobooks, So I had no idea the podcasts were coming. How would I know, you know, 25 years ago, <laughs> I was just getting audiobooks going, but um, I will say I have like two, Fish regrets. One is not going to Big Cypress, which was like, still like, why wouldn't I do that? I was in college. There's no reason. And the second is leaving before this, this four or five um, show. So this will be really fun for me to relive for, through you guys and be um, depressed all over again. So Benji, why don't you tell us <laughs> about the opening of this show? Well, there's really nothing to say about it. <laughs> not much other than a night four. It's the conclusion of the tour. All four, we mentioned this yesterday, but it, it bears repeating. All four show openers appear to kind of be a deliberate mission statement for the night and, and for the tour. I mean, opening the run with Tube, to me, that signifies this is a continuation of 97. Then you have Mites, Tweezer, and now Okipa into Yem, uh, you know, which I, I believe, you know, all four nights, it's meant to just start off by at, at, at 10, you know, rather than a warm up. And Okipa almost always goes into ACDC bag or Susie Greenberg. Susie, you, can kind yeah. of, you can kind of hear it, right? Like when they're when they're playing it, you wait for that beat for Susie Greenberg or ACDC bag is the alternate. So to dive right into the band's sing signature big tune here with those opening uh, notes of you enjoy myself, it made the crowd go wild. It's interesting that this that they didn't save this for, you know, later on, like, a, you know, set to closer. It just it's interesting that this is because in these days there wasn't a lot of I guess they were just starting to to play around with where songs were placed. But you, you mean, yeah, yeah, like it should have been, you know, it typically would have been at the end of a second set, not, you know, an, a, basically an opener. But, you know, 25 minute jam here with, you know, with all the. With everything that, that that the song comes with is a really, like you said, it's a big, big statement, Benji. I don't know. Really cool. And I think it was a little bit, maybe the Europe tours kind of got them a little bit more comfortable with mixing things around. But, you know, you, you typically wouldn't expect something like this. Maybe they I were foreshadowing cool. 25 years later when all the rules are out the window. That's, that's possible. Um, and 
there's there's a theme right after the you enjoy myself really anyway the, the, first of all let me just go back and just say the you enjoy myself is great there's there's a great jam and you know it's almost like the 25 minutes is pretty is pretty fully jam-packed as it were but tom there's a theme from the bottom and then there's a mcgrupp and we talked about mcgrupp um i think it was maybe the one of the 97 versions that we talked about in the last last segment of this season or last phase of the season <laughs> but i know you pay close attention to these mcgrupps are are how did you feel about this one? Because I think this one has some some interesting elements. This is like uh, this is like McGrupp, kind of like the band is saying this is how McGrupp should be played. Whereas like there's one actually from France. I don't think we even did the, but it's in '97. I don't think we even did this show, um, and it might be the weirdest McGrupp. Um, and uh, but then there's one that we did talk about very recently, and that was the one in the New Year's Run. And so that's kind of the two that I have most freshly in my mind right now. But those three of 97 are, are like all all listenable. But this one is like a really page dominated uh, beginning of the jam. And it's really just radiating excellence and fun. And you can hear Trey just like a, you know, like a, a, a stallion, a racehorse, like struggling to come out of the gates, just waiting to play. And it's like, it's incredible. I love this one. It's a, it's a great one. The New Year's run was the one where where you revealed to us or, and pointed out to us that there is that lick that they rip from uh, from Here Comes the Sun. Yeah, it's almost like directly yeah. uh, lifted. Super cool, though. Super yeah, really, cool. really cool. Oh, okay. So this the rest of this set that I missed was Bathtub Gin into Cities, into Sparkle, into Split Open and Melt. Um, Bathtub Gin, one of the three Invincibles, as Benji has coined it. Um, really uh, a pretty a pretty cool version here uh, halfway through this first set. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, yesterday I, I said that there are three Immortals and, and Jin, Jin was one of them. Uh, I said Immortal uh, uh, yesterday because every time that they play it, it was, it was what was it? It was Bathtub Gin, Wolfman's Brother, and uh, what was the third one? It was the one we talked about yesterday. <laughs> Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, whenever they play bathtub gin, it, it's, uh, it always seems like it's a song that's in stride. It's not always great, but it usually actually is, you know, it's never really bad, right? That's why it's immortal. Uh, it just doesn't inspire as a first set, small jam vehicle. It's always there, you know? So cities was a nice rarity then and now, and then we have, uh, the split open and mount to close. And that's a song that it doesn't always hit. Like it seems like sometimes they don't, they, they just, they, they reach for it and it just doesn't quite, you know, and it, it's never bad. It's just that it, it, it's a difficult song for them to get to where I think the, the song hits the most. And when it does, 
it melts faces. You know, so so here it's it's a half melt maybe. Uh, at the time, <laughs> at the time, it felt like a full melt. Uh, in fact, listening to it just last night, it kind of felt like a full melt. But then, you know, when you take it in context with all of the split open melts. I'd say it's a half melt. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exactly right, even though it makes no sense. Like, would it be half of your face on the side or like the top half? I, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter at all because it's set break. Um, so go pee, buy a beer and a hot dog and come back and find us at the seats. But make haste because we will be right back. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com, that's distrokid with a capital K, dot com slash VIP slash undermine for a special offer only for our listeners. That's distrokid, capital K, dot com slash VIP slash undermine. Thanks, DistroKid. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Undermine, the podcast that doesn't mind. You can listen to us in pajamas or driving home from work alike. But since this is the final episode of the season, please say good things about us while we break for summer. Let's get back into it with the final set from the Island Tour. But first... The third immortal song that Benji was trying to remember is Stash. Um, it so holds up. Holds it, up. It, it holds up. So Stash, Jin, and? Wolfman's brother. And the brother. Okay. I hope you didn't blow your bathroom break because these next few minutes are going to be a bit of a dance marathon, right? Set two on the last show. I mentioned... I mentioned that this was one of my regrets, and so I don't even want to talk about it. Benji, what happened? <laughs> well, okay, RJ, let's take uh, let's take the bird's eye view, the eagle eye view of the set for, for just a moment. Um, Tom said that we were in for a dance marathon, and I think that's exactly right. You know, this set more than any other since I, I want to say since that iconic and famed eleven seventeen ninety seven Denver show. You know, it, this set along with that perhaps uh, really encapsulates what we mean when we use the term Cal Funk. You know, it, this might 
actually arguably be the last night of the Cal Funk era. Do, do you get why I'm saying that? Well, okay. So at the end of this show, there Trey starts saying, Tom talked about this uh, the other day, that he Trey goes into this thing where he just starts saying, like thanking the audience and saying that everyone should leave if they want to, but if they want to stay, they should because... They're gonna, you can't you can't leave without a little more funk. And uh, this whole hat back half of the set is basically just like a funk jam. Did you did, did you guys leave? Stayed. Uh, yeah, I stayed. Uh, not only did I stick around, I danced on the rail. Uh, you know, and Possum Cavern. These songs normally would feel to me like you know, okay, the, this is Fish's way of saying like the night's coming to a close or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, maybe not Possum a Cavern for sure as a traditional set closer, uh, but there was something about the way that they made this. They just funked out the ending and it was less about the song uh, or the, those those few songs. It was less about those songs and it was more just about extending this dance groove. And there's something about that that seemed novel to me, you know, then and now, because it was kind of like, you know, oh, cool. Like three years earlier, you never would have had that in 94. It would have been a totally different Possum and Cavern. So there was this, you know, element of, hey, cool, everybody likes to dance. And my favorite, you know, alt-rock jam band that's that's melting, the that melts faces, half melts or full melts, you know, <laughs> suddenly has been hijacked by a traveling, like, dance-a-thon DJ or something. And yet I myself, I couldn't stop dancing because, you know, it's after really all, it's, it's, it's just fun. After four days, but for those of you who came to a lot of the shows or for those of you who just came tonight, thank you very much. We really appreciate everything. And um, I started this little funk groove because we can't um, we can't end this whole thing without a little bit more funk since that's kind of in the theme. So just for those of you who want to take off, take off. But for those of you who just want to dance to the funk, you know, uh, we're going to stay around and keep grooving. So uh, thanks a lot. It's really been fun. And we'll see you guys this summer. It's interesting because it does seem like they kind of turn on that funk switch at the end because the beginning of the set, the Down With Disease, Yamar, Caspian are all very much like in this slightly more ambient, um, you know, there's some dark moments like this 98 sound, which is really just like alternating through a lot of styles. And then they it just seems like they flip they flip a switch. But um, I don't know. Do you remember it as as being a a switch flipped or did it like how, how does that how do you remember it? Well, that's exactly how I remember it from listening to it again last night. At the time, I remember, you know, I think it. one thing that we haven't really hit too much upon is that not only are these four shows a callback to 97, they're also kind of a preview of, of 98, a bridge perhaps, you know. Um, but here, you know, I, I like the deconstruction of Yamar where it goes into this kind of, you know, tray noodle. Uh, it felt very in the moment and... Perhaps it spoke to the exhaustion of a fourth straight night for all of us. Uh, it's up for you, RJ, who bailed after after three nights. Um, and and bailed just else, now, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was but, still uh, there in spirit, and I'm still here. Well, everyone else but RJ stuck around for the cavern. 
And and then in between, you know, we can't overlook this. Uh, there was Shafty, and I don't know if we can call this a debut. I mean, it it is. It's the first time that they ever play Shafty, right? So it's a debut. But Shafty is a rework of Olivia's pull. Tom, uh, I guess th there's a few things here. Did you know that they reworked the song? Like, did you get a heads up? Did you have any insight into it? And be before you answer, some other considerations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> considerations. All right. <laughs> Do you know if this new arrangement was called Shafty uh, at all in relation to the theme song to Shaft, either directly <laughs> or indirectly? And, and and finally, as we're talking about words, uh, with with the wordsmith here, uh, you know, there's obviously the play in words, Oblivious Fool or Olivia's Pool, but which one came first? Uh, okay, again. I, I refer fish fans back to the trampled to trampled by lambs and pecked by the dove, an album of 25 songs that Trey and I recorded in 96 and 97. And most of those landed, like I said, on farmhouse and story of the ghost, Olivia's pool. Um, the original demo version by me and Trey was upbeat and happy. And of course was jokingly named that because of the oblivious fool lyrics. So uh, oblivious fool came first. Um, but it was never called that. It was always just the sillier Olivia's pool. Um, but I got to say, I was kind of surprised and and maybe even a little bit dismayed by the version they called Shafty and how it made it on the album. I didn't understand the rework and I have no idea how it was named. Um, but I've come maybe to accept it over time, I guess. But this song, um, the upbeat version, uh, was a staple in my band, Amphibian, and we played it a lot from 1999 to 2007, probably more than Fish did. Um, but Cavern, you guys kind of gloss over Cavern. The, the, the song to close out the set is a great, great funky version. And after that super funk jam that comes out of Possum, that even has its own song title jam <laughs> um uh but here the alternate nasty lyrics are in play again we talked about them in an earlier uh season four episode and it's the brothel wife grabbing the knife and slashing me on the tongue and i turned the blade back on the bitch and dropped her in the dung <laughs> i did write that so i do take full <laughs> full responsibility but i don't think the band was super comfortable singing those lyrics and drop them uh, or soften them a bit but they're here in their full regalia I, I do want to say, Tom, I'm with you on the, I, I'm a big fan of the original version of, of Olivia's pool. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Agreed. It's the juxtaposition that makes it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, really happy in fall 2021 when, when Olivia's pool came back in a really like jammed out fashion. Um, that was, that was yeah. great. And some big of these, fan. some of these songs are just, you know, some of these songs are coming back, which is great. Um, so, okay. So we're, we're pretty close to the end of this, of this run, but, um, I have to ask, so guys, when you were, when you were coming out of this, well, first of all, there's, there is a kind of section, like you mentioned, Tom. So there's cavern, which is 13 minutes of basically like funk and funk. possum, possum, you know, mercifully goes from possum into a, a funk jam before going into cavern. And so there's like a long, there's a long period of funk here. And then, and then there's, you know, bold is love. And I think it's a great way to end because, you know, there's just, there's just not much you can do after these, after these four days. And, um, I, I just think there was like, uh, it was a nice statement. I love, I love that cover. And, um, I don't think I've, I haven't seen bold is love very much. It's a great, 
great cover that has sort of, you know, it's it's very rare these days, but a nice exclamation point on an excellent um, four shows. But I don't know, I guess before we end, like, what do you guys take away from from this show and from the run in general now that we've gone back and revisited the entire island tour? Well, RJ, I, I will say, speaking about that boat, uh, boat uh, as love, um, there must be something, and Tom, maybe you have some insight into this, I don't know, but uh, there must be something super cool in Trey Shoes, you know, to be on stage in a sold-out arena with the amount of energy that was there in the in the the whole all four nights of the island tour where everybody felt like so special just that we it, we we all felt like this was a bonus and this was something really amazing and and there was this energy there that was palpable and to get on stage and to to rip these Jimi Hendrix lines you know and play them must feel really fucking cool on stage his favorite yeah his favorite guitarist and one of the favorite songs, uh, his favorite song from from his favorite guitarist. It's a perfect punctuation to 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 this uh, four, yeah. you know, four show run. And they had just done an amazing four show run, and then they somehow they beat it. Yeah. Uh, that's my final thought of, of the night. Is just incredible. incredible my final thought is is just one word. It was a fun night. <laughs> it was a fun night. Uh, before we close out, um, uh, thank you guys. Uh, thanks for season four. Thanks to everyone who listened. Thanks to all our sponsors. This has been a tremendously fun uh, season to do. And thank you to my co-hosts. Uh, it wouldn't be the same without you guys. And and it's uh, fantastic to to do a three, uh, you know, a three way an- analysis like this. It, it was a lot of fun for me. Um, RJ, I understand you have a quick preview for what's coming up with Undermine. All right, I want to give everyone a sneak preview of what we have coming next from Undermine. Next week, you're going to hear a trailer for a new series, which will preview a show called We've Got a Band. This is going to come through the Undermine feed, and it will run as Undermine Presents, We've Got a Band. This is brought to you by our friends at Section 119. We appreciate them so much for helping us get this series out there. This was the idea of journalists Gabby Bluestone and James Dell. They're setting out to interview some of Fish's most well-known fans, even outside of the music world, and they explore not just the fish journey, but also getting these people's thoughts on the community, creativity, and a lot more. There are people from reality TV. There are journalists. There are musicians. There are lots of others. So keep an ear out for We've Got a Band. It'll be right here in your Undermine feed. And thank you to Gabby, James, and Section 119. Looking forward to We've Got a Band. I know they're working hard on it, so that'll be exciting to hear. And that is really it for Undermine Season 4. Are we going to come back for Season 5? We don't know, but this isn't goodbye just yet. Actually, it is for now. Have a great summer. Never change. Undermine is brought to you by Osiris Media. Executive producers are Tom Marshall, RJB, and Benji Eisen. Edited by Eric Limarenko. Mixed and mastered by Matt Dwyer. Production assistance from Nick Sejas. Original music by Amar Sastri. Shout out, Amar. Art by Mark Dowd. Stay cool, everyone. Osiris. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.
Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.